0: Hello, beautiful. I'm your host, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for joining this conversation. We are a space of empowering women, and each week I bring on a different guest to share her vulnerable transitional story, so make sure to subscribe to get your weekly dose of inspiration. So Before we jump into this week's episode, if you are someone who is going through a transition If you are feeling like there are changes coming up in your life and you're not quite sure how to navigate through this space, just shoot me a DM and say, Sam, I heard your podcast episode. I need help and I am gifting my listeners a one-to-one hour deep dive coaching session to help gain clarity and sort of navigate through some of the uncomfortable feelings and emotions and things that come up when we're about to go through change. I'm so passionate about this topic of moving through transition and unattachment and being open to life that I actually did a whole episode about it last week. So if you're new to the channel and you haven't heard it yet, go check out last week's episode and don't be shy. If this is speaking to you, you're not alone. I am here for you. Okay, so I'm super, super excited for today's guest because not only is she one of Vancouver's top photographers but she's also one of my closest friends, and I was lucky enough to spend a really special period of my life with her by my side. I often talk about the importance of travel and what walking away from the busyness of everyday life and immersing myself in an adventure around the world backpacking did for me. So long story short, I was traveling with a group called Global Degree, and this is where I met today's guest. Uh, She had actually won a contest that Global Degree was putting on to travel to every single country in the world. Can you imagine winning that? That's like the lottery. (laughs) Anyways, I feel like I won the lottery being able to have Natalia enter my life and just getting to share such special years with her. And I'm excited to introduce her to you guys. So Natalia Anya, she is one of Vancouver's top photographers and just such a wealth of knowledge in terms of being true to yourself, honoring your path, and really living your best life. So we talk about the pressures of social media and body image. We talk about the importance of adventurous travel and immersing yourself in new environments. We talk about misconceptions around traveling and the fears that often hold people back from going on the adventure of their lives we get into mental health and the importance of surrounding yourself with positive people and the importance of disconnecting from technology and phone and reconnecting with yourself and with nature so Natalia is just like the coolest chick she's up to really really awesome things And I know you're going to be leaving this episode so inspired by everything that she's offering to the world. So on this note, let's get to it. So many people struggle with finding their passion and finding something that, you know, like what is the right thing for them?
1: How did you pursue your passion of getting into photography? Can you share that story? Yeah, I actually stumbled into it because I was in my early 20s, living in Italy, and my dad gave me his DSLR before I left, and I was in a space where I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was going to school just to go to school. I actually did my real estate course with no interest in actually pursuing real estate. I just wanted to really like show my parents that I was going to school to pursue something, and then I did marketing management at BCIT and after that i just i felt like i didn't really have a purpose and i didn't think of the idea of having a purpose in my early 20s anyway that was so foreign to me mm-hmm. and when i got to italy i fell in love with photography and i started photographing everything it was just I I remember saying like if I could do this as my job like that would be my dream job but mm. I was super fearful and, <laughs> and I remember just being like there are so many talented photographers in Vancouver why would anyone want to work with me and so there was a lot of fear holding me back and then a few probably about 5 years after that I was working for these guys called the buried life and they really inspired me to go after what it was that I wanted to do. And so one January 1st, I was like, I'm going to go for it. And I started my business. The first year was absolutely terrible. (laughs) I was so, I was in debt. I, all I did was work. I was in a relationship where I didn't even see my boyfriend because I was just so heart set on pursuing that passion of mine. And I've been doing it for eight years now and every year just progressively got better and better and better. So I'm really happy that I ended up doing it because it opened up so many more opportunities for me. And I
0: love that you mentioned that for you, it was just a passion and you're like, there's no way I'll ever be able to do it, but you got the courage to go. Nobody starts at the top, no matter what, it's like, you got to put your time in, you got to sort of learn, learn the ropes, but as you do, you can grow and evolve
1: and opportunities come, like you said. And a lot of sleepless nights, all I would do, honestly, all I would do is just try to progress and build my career and try to find good networking opportunities to meet people, giving out free photo shoots to where I think it would benefit me.
0: Let's just imagine you actually pursued real estate because you mentioned you did the Mm -hmm. real estate course and your heart really wasn't in that. What do you think would happen?
1: Oh, my gosh, I'd be miserable. I had yeah, I didn't align for me at all, and I remember sitting in the five-week course, and I was just like, nope, this is not for me. Like, I have zero interest in doing it. I think I'd go down a path where it was, just, it would just be super inauthentic.
0: You are a very, very talented photographer. You're able to capture like the essence of somebody's personality and like their spirit and soul. And how do you do it? How do you help people overcome the angst of like the camera?
1: You know what? It took me a really long time to understand people, and it was really good for me because when clients would come in, I I would have – it wasn't judgment, but it was an observation. I'd be like, wow, this person's really mean, or this person seems really uptight. This person seems really angry, and I realized that most of those emotions were actually coming from fear. And those people were just nervous. And then as soon as I would start talking to them, they would open up and shine. And so I felt like I became really good at, and I think I've always been really good at making people feel comfortable and being who they are. And I just, I don't have judgment for people. Like I do this and I love it. And we all have insecurities. And I think that. The way that i see people is really different from how they see themselves and i honestly wish that they could see themselves the way that i see them because one of the things that i really struggle with with photography is people's insecurities you see the most beautiful people inside and out come in and they'll be like i'm ugly my nose is weird my head's too big and they'll say these terrible things about themselves like the language is super detrimental right and you get that in your head. And when you start your photo shoot in that context where you're like, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I am I have a weird face, I don't know. Like, that's not a very good way to start something, right? Like, you're building your intention based on that. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I just, I feel like I can really relate to people and I'm good at making people feel comfortable. I almost feel like that's my little superpower.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Such a superpower. I'm going to back that because it's oh, true. It, it's like, it's like, that's what happens that the mental chatter that we all mm-hmm. kind of have, we, we're our own worst critic comes right Absolutely. to the forefront when you like when you're in that situation of being in yeah, the spotlight.
1: for sure. The language we use in our heads, I think is so in- important. Like I was listening to your last podcast about the journaling, right? Where, mm-hmm. and um, I, I journal and I have affirmations that I write every single day because I used to be super hard on myself and I still am. And writing things to myself, like I am a great communicator or I retain information really well because I've had a bad memory my whole life and constantly telling myself that oh, you have a bad memory, you have a bad memory. You're, you're making that more real where it's interesting when I change the language within myself, then it actually, like, I start remembering things much better.
0: Yeah. It's the awareness piece, right? Like having yeah. the awareness that the journaling will bring out to be like, Oh my God, it's just, is this what I'm actually saying myself? Cause so many people they have no, they have no clue how mean they are to themselves. Yeah,
1: it's so sad, and I do it to myself too, for sure.
0: <laughs> You're, we're all human, right? And yeah. That's sort of the way we're programmed. So, so what mm-hmm. would be if your top three tips? If someone mm-hmm. was coming to you to get a photo shoot done as a pro, what are your top three tips? To
1: I would say to come in with an intention, okay, and have like a really good, strong, positive intention because that'll guide the photo shoot. I'd say the second one is to have no expectations because sometimes people come in and I do this myself too. When I go into a situation, I want to like the perfectionist in me will be like, I want this, this, and this to happen, or I want it to look a certain way. But sometimes that's not the flow of the universe where your personality will bring out a different type of photograph, right? Mm So having no expectations and self-love. I think I think self-love would be my number one, is just being kind to yourself and being like, I'm good enough, I'm beautiful enough, and I'm here to get this done. And the better that somebody's perspective is towards it, the better outcome that their photo shoot will, will be, because if there's resistance, then it's gonna show right and it's gonna be a terrible experience if you're resistant
0: well and it's funny because your body is actually holding that so if you have the the energy of the resistance like it's gonna show in like the slightest things like your shoulders might be up or your face might be a little bit you know like it's the little things that kind of make a difference so my dear you mentioned opportunities and uh I mean the reason why we're here is a pretty big opportunity five years ago five years you won A little contest that gave you the opportunity to go travel the world.
1: Yeah. Which we did
0: together, and that's where we met pretty much in in Myanmar, in Burma. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know we're travel sisters. Travel sisters. (laughs) Photography opened up so many opportunities. And uh, like you said, I remember a couple months before that contest, I was hiking with a friend, and him and I loved documenting things. Like, we'd love taking photos and silly videos of cool experiences, of adventures, and while we were hiking Whistler, we're like, how cool would it be to start something where you can document travel and experiences? And I feel like I'm a master master manifester.
0: (laughs) It's so funny. I say I'm a master manifester too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we both are. And that I remember when I got home, I would at the moment would have um, post-it notes with goals on my bathroom wall. And every time I'd brush my teeth, I would read these goals over. And so I would have daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, annual goals. And I wrote in my annual goals that I wanted to travel to Thailand, Cambodia, and Malaysia. I was in no financial situation to be doing that. And then in my other goals, uh, I put travel six months of the year and document it. And so I'd read these goals over and over again and then not even a month later my sister comes home and she's like, "Hey, I met this guy Mike who was telling me about this contest that he's doing. They're looking for a girl to travel the world with." I was like, "Oh my gosh, who is this guy?" Turned out we were already Facebook friends some for some reason and I only have like close friends on my Facebook that I've met in person. And I was just like, "Oh, this is so interesting." So I reached out to him and then happened to be in Vancouver. And the other guy that was part of the project was Alex, who was your boyfriend at the time. So I applied for this competition. I've never wanted anything so badly before in my life. And I was trying to get votes in and all the things. And then I ended up winning that contest. And it created this incredible opportunity because at that point, I had traveled a lot I've traveled a decent amount with my family, but not to that extent. Like we've lived in a lot of different places, Mm -hmm. but I've never gone to Asia and I've never had adventure type of travel. And so when I won, like that year was probably the best and one of the hardest years of my life because we were traveling so quickly, documenting all these beautiful experiences, but I was also sick for a lot of the time. I wasn't exercising and I wasn't focusing on my health. And after the second year, I just realized that I was confusing my happiness with my ego. And so mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that came up for me where I was like, is this what I want to continue to do? Is this my goal to travel to every country in the world? And I had to sit with myself and be like, well, you know, like there are sponsors behind this. I want a contest with like, there was a lot of girls that entered that contest and there was a lot of guilt for me. And so I I ended up making the decision to go away from the project and that mm-hmm. was like one of the hardest. You were there when it happened. I, and I remember the whole thing. Yeah, going. we were in Amsterdam and holy, like the experiences we had on those trips. We were swimming with whale sharks. We were in Brunei together. You we weren't in Bangladesh, but at one point I was just like, where am I right now? Like nobody knows where I am. We were so off the grid in certain situations and it was just the most beautiful experiences.
0: What would you say if you were to kind of look I at was the was overall experience, here. what did you learn from that period of your life, from the traveling aspect of it, of immersing yourself in the different worlds and different countries and different cultures and religions and foods? And
1: I would say the biggest thing I learned is how many misconceptions there are in the world. The fear that people tried to instill in me before I went traveling was insane and Mike said something really good to me because I had a lot of fear before going on the trip like I didn't know Mike and Alex I didn't know that you were going to join and so I was like what am I doing going traveling with these two strange guys sharing rooms with them sometimes sharing beds with them Mm -hmm. and it was just it was so foreign to me and Mike said he's like Natalia like when somebody's telling you you're gonna get raped kidnapped or you know robbed like have those people been to these countries and I was like no they haven't whenever somebody would tell me something fearful it's because they've watched the news or they've heard some freak story and don't get me wrong like things happen obviously in the world right but I think that's no way to live life is to live it in fear when we went to some of these places that people had warned us about we were more welcome than ever do you remember going to Brunei and Mm -hmm. that man reaching out and like us having dinner with him and Mm -hmm. Bangladesh, for instance, we had this guy uh, meet us at a donair shop and he's like, hey, can I show you my country? And he took us in tuk-tuks the next day and took us to all the local mosques and introduced us to his family. And we had the most beautiful dinner with his family in this tiny little house. Uh, there's the people in this world, they're just incredible. And I said, I, I think that when you go to certain countries, people will look at you in a way where they're curious and it doesn't look inviting, it's kind of like resting bitch face. That's how I <laughs> describe it, right? Like yeah. they have their arms crossed and they're staring at you and they're like, who is this Caucasian person and what are they doing here? And a lot of a lot of times, like I was in places where no one's ever seen a Caucasian person before. You're in the most remote little villages, right? And the people just looking out of curiosity because they're like, who is this person? But as soon as you smile at them, then they smile back and then all of a sudden they're showing you photos of their family members and it's just it's so beautiful to experience that like I was really lucky to to travel to I think over 40 countries those guys and I never got into one situation where I felt in danger ever
0: and I can attest to that too like as a female going in your 20s but I look back it's a catalyst experience in my life and I think for you it would be the same the same
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was it was the best experience I've ever had in my life. I
0: approached it that way with like, I am, you know, 27 years old. This is the youngest I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Why not just go for it? So I really approached that trip as like whatever comes on the plate, just yes. Like don't even think about it, whatever doors open, go for it.
1: And you know what, Sam, I you you know this about me, like I live in a lot of fear. I have a lot of fears that come up, especially when it comes to experiences, and I I would catch myself in so many moments where I I would have to really question myself and be like, okay, well what's what am I afraid of? And Most of the things I, they weren't dangerous things ever, right? We wouldn't do things that were stupid or, well, I don't, not that I can remember. I'm sure there was a few, but they weren't dangerous things. And I live in a lot of fear. And one of my biggest things is I really want to question those fears and immerse myself into them because that's when you're really living life, I think, or that's Mm -hmm. at least when I'm living my best life is when I tackle those fears and step into them.
0: Okay, little side note, because as you're talking yeah. about fears and like dangerous things, I'm like, did you do you're anything? Gonna... I just like had this flashback. Do you remember when we were in Northern Thailand in Chiang Mai and we all rented those motorbikes? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and yes. FYI, for anybody listening, motorbike uh, accidents is like the number one injury <laughs> of like travel travelers. So yeah. we all go and we're convoying to go to this place called Quarry Rock to go jump, you know, cliff jumping, you know, and that's safe. But Anyways, the girl in front of me, first time on a bike going, we all had our own bikes and she literally hit, instead of hitting the brakes, hit the gas and like drove into track. Which topic. is so
1: not funny, but it was funny because it's like, such a statistic.
0: Traffic wasn't moving, cars were stopped. So she just like literally full blown into <laughs> one of the cars, <laughs> flew off the bike, and I was behind her, just like, oh my God. So this yeah. like accident that the driver actually just got out of the car, checked his car, helped her get the bike up, and things continued. No one even really stopped. That was kind of terrifying for me because I knew I'm like, Oh my god, this is kinda dangerous, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna live on the edge. Let's go. And then all of yeah. a sudden this chick in front of me crashes. I'm just like, Oh great
1: yeah but but we did it luckily we were okay yeah luckily we were all okay i think the most unsafe thing and if you watch the episode do you remember lao and yeah Yeah. and it's so funny because that was like such a traumatic experience for me. And I thought you were drowning. Like I honestly thought you were going to die. And as I was trying to help you and looking back on the video, I realized I was just making it worse and I was drowning you more.
0: So, so a little backstory for you guys listening. You can actually go into Global Degree and go watch the video of this moment if you if you'd like. So Vang Bien is this city in Laos and they have all these bars along this river. You go to one bar, you play mud volleyball, and then you get on a tube and you go to the other bar. And it's a really, really strong current. Yeah. And there's like these ropes across the rivers to the bars because you zigzag across the river. It's not like you just stay on one side. So as you go, you have to swim really hard to get to the other side.
1: <laughs> and it was monsoon season when we were there.
0: And it was monsoon season. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, you know, I that was really okay. smart, but we survived to tell the tale. Yeah. Barely. But Natalia and I, we had our GoPro and we were trying to be all cute, taking videos and kind of going across. And then all of a sudden, I got clotheslined at the neck by one of the ropes and literally completely flipped over, drowning in this water. Natalia's grabbing me, trying to save me, essentially. And uh, we caught the whole thing on the GoPro. So it was like, <laughs> it was actually really, really scary.
1: It was so scary. I And you know what? I. If I was drinking, like, I remember not drinking that day. If I was drinking, I honestly think that I would not have made it. <laughs> I yeah. have no idea how that is legal.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But memories, I mean, uh, good to look back on. Don't know if i do it again.
1: No, I would not.
0: So what would you say, like, through that experience was the single-handedly, like, most difficult moment for you?
1: Being away from my family, that was super challenging. And definitely... Very outside of my comfort zone. Like some of the places that we stayed at were incredible, and then other places that we stayed at were not so incredible. <laughs> but it
0: gave the adventurous side, right? Like, and it really Absolutely. like any standards you would have had, it's like out the window. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And I think adventure is important. Like when you immerse yeah. life with that. No expectations. Let's just do this. You never know what opportunities or who you're going to meet or what you're going to learn when you just immerse yourself in it.
1: And the best memories are in places where we stayed in the sketchiest situations, right? Where we like slept on a random man's floor in Japan because we booked our accommodations for the wrong night, or staying in Mongolia in the yurts and you know, in the middle of a snowstorm, the roof blowing off, those things where there's so much more memorable than staying in the five-star hotels. Because when you stay in the five-star hotel, you don't really want to leave and you don't really want to explore.
0: Hands down. And you don't mm-hmm. get the experience. Like when you're in these countries, you want to live like the locals, see what the locals are doing. Like you get so mm-hmm. much more out of those immersive experiences. So I'm just wondering, like, what was life like when you came home? It's one thing to go travel and to have all these different experiences, but how did you feel when you went back to Vancouver and looking at your, your day-to-day in the situation? Did you struggle with that at all?
1: Oh, yeah. I I And everyone told me that I would. Like, the people that have traveled a lot, they said that they're like, you're going to come back and you're going to see things so differently. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure I will. And I did. I came back and I was like, wow. I revisited all my friendships that I had. And I realized that before I had gone, I was just in a really lost space in my life. I. I didn't have like a core group of friends that I had really solid, deep, meaningful relationships with. It was all really surface level. And when I got back, I was like, wow, I was such a socialite. And I was so concerned about what everybody thought of me and doing the cool things that weren't that cool, to be honest with you. (laughs) And I wasn't living very authentically. And when I got back, I felt like the friendships I had made had such a deeper connection and I was more vulnerable with people, I I was a lot more aligned with, with who I was and who I surrounded myself with. And mm. it was such a beautiful experience for that because since then I've met like the greatest people. I feel like I just keep attracting really awesome people into my life who I keep building deeper connections with.
0: Another thing I really love about you is that every year you use your birthday as an opportunity to give back for philanthropy, and uh, I think it was inspired by traveling. Can you share a little bit about what you're what you do? That actually
1: was inspired from the guys I worked from for the Buried Life, and okay. yeah, that was really inspired by them because they were really into uh, helping organizations out. So that opened my eyes to things a lot more. And I've never been a birthday person. I mm-hmm. and every year on my birthday, I'm like, it's just another day. Like, I don't need to be celebrated type of mentality. But then. One day I was like, you know what, I can use this as an opportunity because everyone will go to your Facebook page and wish you a happy birthday on your birthday and you get all these messages. And so I was like, I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to ask people for money. <laughs> and I grew up in a very loving home and I feel really fortunate for my life. We didn't grow up with a lot of money by any means or anything like that, but I just had a lot of opportunities like being able to move to Canada from Poland and Greece. Like that was a huge opportunity. And then in other parts of the world, People don't even have drinking water. And that is just like a domino effect for so many other things. Right. And so I just felt a lot of gratitude towards that. And I feel like we're all in a position to use our voice for a positive change. And so I wanted to do that. And so I would dedicate my birthday to raising money for a cause that I'm passionate about. And I'm really, I'm really passionate about water because it's such a necessity here in Vancouver. You can drink tap water. It's delicious. It's healthy for the most part, Uh, but yeah, we're we're really fortunate to have that. And in other places in the world, we're not as fortunate. Two years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Ethiopia with a project that I'm super, super supportive of is uh, Run for Water. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear about the water crisis and you see photos of it on the internet, you're like, oh, that's really sad, right? Like you can resonate with it, but you have no idea until you see it with your own eyes. When mm-hmm. I was there and I'd see little girls collecting water and like carrying these heavy buckets <laughs> i was just i was blown away you really connect to it on such a deeper level it becomes much more personal and when you're you, when you're spending time with these people too and you're just like these are like my family and my friends and mm-hmm. so it's it's something that's like super near and dear to my heart we can all make a difference in in so many different ways and it doesn't have to be monetary absolutely a
0: stranger you can volunteer your time before your last ethiopia trip i remember something happened you had a little bit of an My accident hiking accident you are very active you're always out in the mountains always out, you know exploring and it was basically right before you went on your trips yeah what happened
1: yeah it was a group of friends and i that were going to do a scramble and so for those that don't know what a scramble is it's hiking and then at the top you're rock climbing and so i'm a very beginner rock climber um and when, before I was going, I said to my friend Chelsea, I was like, I'm super nervous to go today, tomorrow. And she's like, Oh, that's weird. You never get nervous to go hiking. And I was like, no. I was trying to get out of the hike. And I was like, I think we should go do another one. I had a lot of fear come up. And uh, hiking is not something I'm ever scared of. I feel that's my, that's my jam. I'm so in the zone whenever I go. And as I was driving, I was like, we should do another hike. The guys were like, no, no, it's fine. And then when we started the hike, I was just so not present. My head was elsewhere. The phase I was in my life was completely disconnected from myself. And Mm. I'm not sure how to explain that other than I wasn't, I wasn't, Tapping into who I was Mm -hmm. and how I was feeling, Mm -hmm. and so I was constantly taking on so much. I was always distracting myself, and that showed up in a lot of different ways. And so, anyways, we started. We started this hike. We were about two hours into the forest by four by four, and then about I don't know two and a half hours into our hike. And this was a really remote hike. There wasn't really anyone else on the trail. Being in an area where there was a previous rock slide, it was a bit of a boulder field, and I remember just like looking down, not paying attention to my surroundings, and usually I would know not to walk below people in a boulder area. And all of a sudden I heard everyone yell rock, and there was a, a rock about the size of a basketball that came tumbling down and kind of like almost hit everyone on the way down. But you're walking on boulders, so it's not necessarily easy to get out of the way. I ended up getting hit with a rock in the hip. It was almost like it happened so slow motion, and I was like, whoa, this is actually happening. and I got hit with the rock. I fell. Luckily, I didn't get hit in the head, and it was just my hip, but I fell forward onto my hands, and I looked down, and I saw like a pool of blood in my shirt, and so I lifted my shirt up, and it looked like I had been shot with a gun, and so I instantly went into shock, and I lost my vision for about 10 minutes, and I thought I was going to faint, but I didn't. I'd say that was the scariest thing, and just the things that happened in my head throughout that 10 minutes was bizarre. I thought I was dying. I was like, okay, well, this is the process of me dying. And I was like, I don't want to die. Like I'm not ready to die. And I then was like, okay, well, I'm not dead. And I was like, clearly I've gone blind. I'm in my mind. I made peace with the fact of going blind. I was like, okay, I'm blind, but I'm still alive. And then all of a sudden my vision started to come back and I was totally fine. And I just couldn't walk down the mountains so I got helicopter lifted out of the mountains. The search and rescue team was like freaking incredible. What they did, like they had to suspend the helicopter from the side of a mountain and then jump out and I got long lined out. Luckily I didn't break anything, but it was such a traumatic experience for me, but it was such a blessing in disguise because that opened up a whole new area of self-love for me mm-hmm. because I realized how strong my body was
0: Mm. you were to sum up like what you learned from going through such a unexpected literally like a boulder falling from the sky hitting you experience what was what was your biggest takeaway
1: I had two major takeaways the biggest one I think the biggest lessons that the reason why this happened to me was because I needed to be more present one of the greatest lessons i took away from that is to have more self-love. I think especially as a female, we have so much pressure to look a certain way, and especially with social media nowadays, I cannot imagine being a teenager growing up with social media right now mm-hmm. because you're you're constantly being compared to other women. There is, as a photographer, you see it too, how often people are Photoshopping themselves. Even my clients, I'll see people changing their bodies with the edits and it breaks my heart. You know, when you and I were traveling together, I gained 40 pounds that year before we left. I was just really unhealthy and I, and you know, that was five years ago and health is something that's really important to me now. But um, when you and I were traveling together, I remember Photoshopping my pictures to make myself look thinner. And Mm. it it was a super unhealthy cycle. And while I was traveling global degree, I realized I like I stopped doing that. And I realized how unhealthy that was, I started to focus more on my health, because I wanted to feel good mentally and physically, I wanted to be healthy. Having self love was big lesson for me during that accident, because Mm. I never felt fit enough. I've never felt I looked good enough. And when I got into that hiking accident, I was like, wow, my body is so resilient. Like I got hit with a massive rock that almost wiped me out, like nothing even broke. And I remember after that had happened, I was in the shower, and I had this gross wound and stitches on my hip. And I would just cry from gratitude. And I was like, wow, I love, I love you so much. And now, now I'm not as obsessed with the way that I look, like I'm healthy. And I just I feel so good in my skin. And I started wearing bathing suits and not caring. And I'm like, I'm running around in my bathing suit and not caring if anything's shaking and just owning it. I'm like, I'm human. I love it. And you know,
0: so two things are kind of coming to me with this. One, and I don't know if you've done this yet or if you'd be open to doing it, sharing, because you said on those travelings that you Photoshopped some of your photos. Mm -hmm. It would be awesome to see if you were to post a photo that you did Photoshop and even just with this message, because so yeah. many people like, so I don't know if that's something you'd be open to posting or a challenge. I, can give you.
1: Um, I actually did this thing too recent. Well, maybe like six months ago and I was going to post it, but I'm not very big on posting photos of myself with like bathing suits. I don't like sexual type of attention yeah. and like even posting a photo of me in my bathing suits, you get a different type of attention and like you post a photo of your butt and everyone's like peach emoji and like all these things. And I'm like, I you mean, you're I not going to do like
0: a free the nipple,
1: <laughs> free the nipple. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I did this thing actually, but talking about different angles, people are, some people are really insecure in certain ways where they feel like they have to manipulate their bodies to look good in a photo. But it's like, in different angles, you can look different ways. And it's like, you know, Right now, I'm sitting. It's like I'm hunched over. Like, no matter what, you're going to have a belly, no matter what you look like. Right. So, there's certain angles that just are so unflattering on camera. Mm-hmm. So, I did this series of me in like my sports bra and underwear, and I'm like hunched over and then sitting up properly in a different angle. And I was going to post this, but I felt ridiculous. And I was <laughs> like, I don't want this to come across as <laughs> look of my bad.
0: <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. We'll see how it feels, but maybe we can, this can be with the launch of this episode. It can, motivation to post it.
1: Yeah, totally. We'll see yeah, how it feels. I, we'll see how it feels. We'll you. see how it feels. <laughs> we'll see how it feels. Okay, no, no pressure. <laughs> but,
0: um, but the other thing that I love with that is the disconnection to reconnection. And this is something that I've seen you've really incorporated in your life, especially within this past year, like going out into the mountains, doing your cold water plunges, taking times where you go with weekends where you just don't touch your phone. You know, you do share a lot about that on social media and you've sort of developed a community of people who've joined what you've been creating.
1: This is actually like almost a mental health thing in a way. I realized I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And so after my accident, I really sat down and I became more aware of my surroundings. I was like, okay, well, what's causing me stress? What's causing me anxiety? And I realized that most of it was stemming from my cell phone. And my relationship with my cell phone, I would wake up first thing in the morning, I would check my cell phone, check my emails, check my Instagram, check my Facebook, check my text messages. And then all of a sudden, I'm like 30 minutes into my day and I'm still laying in bed and on my cell phone. And I realized how unhealthy that was for me. And so what I started to do was incorporate having the first three hours of my day to be off of my phone and not touch it at all. Alarm clock goes off and then start my day and practice gratitude, doing gratitude, doing gratitude list every morning or affirmations and or meditations or yoga and some sort of a movement and just really having the morning to myself. And I realized how good that felt and how much more productive I was. Like my productivity level went up at least 50%. It was insane. And then so I... I then was like, okay, well, what would happen if I took a full day to myself and what would happen if I took two days? So I would start going to Whistler by myself or go do a local hike or something. And I, I feel at peace, cell phone free and just get a hotel room by myself and go hiking, journal, meditate, go for a run. And I realized that within that came so much clarity and it was easier to make decisions for me. So when I when I started to take these little disconnection weekends, I realized how tapped into myself I was. How I really found myself within those moments and I was able to reconnect with myself instead of being so bombarded with everything else in the world. Like we're living in a society where we're constantly being distracted by a million things. Like we're target marketed for everything. Like our cell phones listen to us and they send us advertisement based on what we talk about. That is insane. And so we're constantly being distracted by things that we're interested in. And so when we take a moment to completely disconnect and be with ourselves and in nature, I think that we reconnect to who we really are.
0: Well, and essentially, it all comes down to energy by reconnecting to ourselves, you'll notice your energy levels will mm-hmm. go up and you'll be more productive. Like you said, it's like it really comes 100%. to mani- break it down to managing your energy.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And when you're scrolling through your phone, unaware, comparing yourself to yeah. things that may or may not even be true, likely mm-hmm. photoshopped, you know, like, it's yeah, just like, feel bad. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of goes through your whole body and, and has that effect.
1: Absolutely. You
0: started doing this, you're you're doing these cold water plunges and little by little more and more people kept joining you. And I, I love that. Such a connector and a sense of community that you're building around this thing that you found you needed and that you love. Can you talk a little bit about the sense of an importance of community and even the people that are coming, how they're feeling about joining what you've created?
1: The reason why I started doing cold water plunges is because I started experiencing a few years ago uh, the seasonal depression-like symptoms. So I was super tired all the time. I felt like I was isolating a lot. Like I had no sense of community in my life. I had friends, but I, I had no sense of community. I was in a funk all the time. I showed up in a really shitty way in my relationship at the time. And I was just not in a good headspace. And all I'd want to do is like five o'clock hit. I want to go to bed. And so a friend of mine had recommended taking cold showers. And I was like, he's nuts. That's the worst idea ever. The last thing I want to do is take a cold shower on a rainy winter cold morning and so you know you and I went to Tony Robbins and we saw Wim Hof speak there and I remember being like oh yeah okay somebody's on to something and so I started going for trail runs and I saw this beautiful area in Lynn Canyon for those who are from Vancouver it's emerald green waterfall beautiful in nature walking all the things and I said to a friend I'm like I want to go swimming there next week and cold plunges are not something I've ever wanted to do or have done and so. The following week I went in there and I posted something on social media and I was like, who wants to join? Somebody who actually is trained in the Wim Hof method was like, hey, I'll come guide the meditation. And I was like, great. So he he guided the breath work. And then he said, he's like, yeah, we're going to jump in and we'll stay in for two minutes. I'm like, he's a psycho. There's no way that's happening. (laughs) And so sure enough i jumped in and we stayed in there for i think 6 or 7 minutes and i was like wow and it was such a good realization of mental conditioning how quickly our brain tells us to stop when our bodies aren't even ready to like we're capable of so much more mm-hmm. than what we're led to believe and so i started doing these cold plunges and i got addicted to the feeling cuz my energy was so much better i all of a sudden wasn't experiencing those energy lows anymore. And I felt better in so many different aspects of my life. And so there are just people who've been doing cold plunges for a very long time. And I just recently, a couple of years ago, discovered it and I was like, oh my gosh, what have I been missing out on? And so this past summer, a group of us were like, hey, let's start going every Wednesday. So every Wednesday at 7 a.m. we'll meet and it's an open invite for anybody who wants to join and we'll go out. And we'll do like a 10-minute hike, and then somebody will re- lead us through a meditation or breath work or Tai Chi, and and then we'll all take a plunge together and stay in for different amounts of time. And it's created this awesome community of people who, who come from such different walks of life. Some people come that have no mutual friends with anybody, and they're like, oh, I heard about this on so-and-so. And it's so cool because the group of people that do come, they're super accepting, and everyone hugs each other we welcome everybody with open arms and it's turned into our little cold plunge family and there's about 20 people that come out on average and like like last week it was snowing there was minus three degrees celsius snowstorm all the roads were closed and there's 10 people that came out and swam it was so cool yeah I love it
0: I love it and I just I can't wait to see like I've seen the escalation from when like when it was you because you're so open on social media you and a few friends and now it's like yeah, you said 10, 20 people. It's just like what this is going to grow into. I'm really, really excited to see where it goes.
1: Yeah, and that's just on Wednesday mornings. There's groups of people that do it on Saturdays and Sundays and throughout the week. And there's so many different groups of people who do it. And I love how, I guess, trendy it's become uh, because it's it's great for us. It's good for our bodies and it's good for our mental conditioning. Hmm.
0: So if anybody wants to reach out to you or wants to join the cold water plunge or follow you on Instagram, Mm -hmm. where can they do that?
1: They can reach out to me on Instagram at Natalia Anya Photography.
0: Perfect. Yeah. I am so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for, for doing this and for sharing all of your stories and all of your wealth of knowledge. Just excited.
1: Well, thanks, babe. I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. Your podcast is amazing. And I just feel super honored that you even asked to interview me listening to all your guests and just to you. It was such a beautiful message to share with the world. And I remember, I guess it was 2018. I'm actually looking at their certificate right now. April 13th to 14th, 2018, we did our Communicate with Confidence course, our speaking course. And I remember you, uh, just like the transformation that you've had with that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the first, the beginning where you're like, you struggled to get through your name and then all of a sudden you just like blossom and you're like, whoa, I'm here. I'm here to share a message and you're helping the world in so many beautiful ways. And mm-hmm. I just love what you're doing. You're an amazing coach and I just Aww. love you to see
0: yeah. Thank you so much. And that's actually a true story. Just as like to say, like literally, Natalie, uh, Natalie, <laughs> <Not> Sam.
1: <them. laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Did you get my name right?
0: <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie and I did a public speaking course, and in the beginning, when we had to introduce ourselves and just say why we were there, I literally stood up and I'm like, I'm Sam, and <laughs> I like forgot what I was gonna say, and I'm like, and I just blacked out because. I get such bad anxiety talking in front of people and I can't control it. So it's just like, you know, like the progress and going towards the things that are going to challenge you, um, the things that might terrify you. I mean, I think it's just full circle with everything we talked about today. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, I was so shocked when it happened because I was like, I remember telling Lucas being like, she's going to do so amazing. She's like, Born to be a public speaker and he's like, Yeah, we'll see. And I was like, No, she is. And I got so defensive. (laughs) And then and I was so shocked when you went up. But then all of a sudden, it's like you had that moment. And then all of a sudden, the next time you went up, you're just like, your message was so powerful. I was like, Yes. (laughs) You're like, I told you, Lucas. (laughs) I know. Told you. She's your Uh, biggest hype girl over here. I love it.
0: And I love you so much. So thank you so much, Natalia. Okay, guys, there you have it. What did you think? Do you guys just love Natalia as much as I do? I feel like this episode covered such a variety of relevant topics, and we would both love to hear what your biggest takeaways were. So screenshot this episode and tag Natalia and the Hello Beautiful podcast and let us know what stood out to you. If you want to find Natalia's contact, I'm going to include it in the show notes. And if you happen to be in the Vancouver or Seattle area and you need a photo shoot, honestly, reach out to her. She is so your girl. And lastly, I really want to thank you for being here. So if you're new to our platform, welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And don't forget to subscribe before you leave. And until then, keeping you be beautiful.